Hello, hello, hello. The name of the, this week reading, it's called Chaye Sarah. Chaye Sarah. Chaye means the life. Sarah means Sarah. The life of Sarah. But what the section is discussed is the death of Sarah. It's kind of weird name for the section, you know. So as an essay, the professor will call and say something's wrong with that section. The name of the section is Chayesa, the life of Sarah. The, the whole subject is death. The death of Sarah and the death of Abraham as well, her husband. And I will go to the portion real fast and then we're going to go into the depth of, of the meaning of it. The, the idea here is after Sarah died, Abraham is looking for a place to bury her. And that negotiation is what business is all about, and we're going to study it today. How do you do business? How do you talk? What you say? What you don't say? There's section by section of what not to do, and also what you got to do. Section after that, Avram sending his servant to look for a wife for his son. And they're making a deal, contract. The contract those days was done with lawyer or paper. Basically, you have to take your arm and put it, you know, in the lower part of the body. That's the way they make a deal. I cannot describe to you if you want to come. I have camera on me. There is a way, you can check it on Google after, how they used to make handshake. It was different, okay? So I can't, I can't tell you more than that. Stop laughing, stop laughing. Not nice, not nice, okay? All right? Here, I can, I can read it to you in Hebrew, so you, you figure it out. Um, I can show you. So it's below the the top part of the leg, maybe. Maybe that's 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 the top part. It's it's you should check it later on on, 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 on Google. Why would I say that what it is? But that's the way they used to sign contract. They didn't have paper or they didn't have lawyers. They had like a handshake differently than handshake, okay? So, so you just need to know that. And he was supposed to look for a wife for his master son. Master son named Isaac. And he's going and he's looking for a wife. And the sign that he's giving himself to, to find uh, a wife is to see if that wife is sharing in her. So he's asking her, can I have uh, some water? He say, I will give you water for you, and I will give water for your camels, and I will take care of you. Right away, he say, that looks like a great potential for my master's son. For us, it's a lesson that uh, a place that cannot even give you water, hotels or restaurants or anything, get out of there. A place who cannot even serve you. The minimum is serving of a place is water. It's a bad sign if you go to any place and they don't even offer you a glass of water. Even when you go to somebody's home, you know, there is some people's home who give you a quarter a glass of water. You, you should get out. It's not, no good will come from that. You know, no good. 
No, but they, you know, they give their debt, and I'm not trying to put anybody's down, but you know what I'm saying. There is people who pull a whole glass of water, and it's, they fill it up, and there's people who say that. And when you ask them why so little, say, we don't want to waste it. You know, it's not your business if I'm wasting it or not. You should give. So she, should give, she gave water for, 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 for him and gave water for the car. She was keep giving, never stop giving. Then he went to meet her family and said, listen, I think she is great potential for my master's son. She was interested in that. The family has to be convinced. And they catch the deal. It was no handshake there. And he took her to see his master, Isaac. Avram now is a widow, no woman. In those days, men would not go with no woman next to him. It's not respectful. So he married back who? Remember Agar? Agar, the, 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 the maid, who left spirituality, who left everything. She basically become more spiritual. And then Isaac arranged his own father will go back to her as a wife. And now she gives birth to both children. The children are known to be the Far East, what we know Far East, like India, uh, China, Iraq, Japan. All this area is actually come from the children of Avram. It's called Kedem. Kedem means that area. All this area of East Asia actually come from the children that come from the second wife of Avram, which is it's very interesting. Now let's go a little bit of understanding of what is hidden within this week portion based on the Zohar. What is exactly going on? Avram, when he's going to negotiate a piece of land, real estate, it's a weird negotiation. And we must learn that negotiation because if we learn that negotiation, you can get any deal done. But you need to learn from Avram how he does that. It's a very beautiful what the Zohar said because the Zohar is a difficult time. He pay money for what he buy, but he doesn't let he, he doesn't let the people know what he's paying for. I don't know if it's legal. Think about it. I don't know about real estate. Whoever is in real estate, hi. Whoever is in real estate, have to ask themselves a question. Uh, if you buy a piece of real estate, do you have to tell the people what's the value of that real estate? Or they tell you what's the value? I'm asking you a question. What do you think? What's the, what's the rules in real estate? Do you have to tell them? The seller tells. The seller tells, right? Not the buyer. Right. So what if the buyer know that that property cost $5 billion and the guy is selling it to him in $20 million? Do you say something? Wow. You do? You do say something? I, I have to put my glasses on. What is? Okay, again, I'm buying from you something. I know it's worth way more than five billion. Do I need to mention anything? After you buy it. <laughs> After you buy it. Okay, because there is there is a situation here with Abraham. He know the value of the place. But it doesn't reveal the value to the guy who's selling it, to a phone. And the Zohar says something, I'm going to read it to you. What the Zohar said, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a shocking, like what the Zohar happened to say here. The Zohar said, come and behold, come and see. If Ephron, the seller, would see what's going on there, he would never sell this property. Never. He would never even think 
to sell that property. Leolam, never in his life, he will give it a generation to generation to go. Ephron couldn't see a bit within this piece of land. Nothing is revealed only to the true owner. Nothing has been revealed only to the true owner. I think somebody told me that they read the book on the guy from Starbucks. I don't know if it's true or not true. I didn't read the book. That he came up with the idea of Starbucks. It was basically a, 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 like a coffee bean, like a, a bean, that he believed that that can make a big money. And he was working in, uh, what was it? Note from here. Um, Seattle. He was in Seattle and he was thinking that this can make money. And the people who told him, <laughs> go ahead, you know, you think that make money, buy. He said, I want just to buy that specific bean from you and I can make a whole idea that it can make money. And when he came up with the idea of opening a coffee place, I don't know if you remember, those of you who remember the old days, used to be uh, the donuts place. What's the name? Dunkin' Donut. Dunkin' Donut, you know, you get like a, a coffee. That was there. Coffee, wow. Unbelievable. You know, that's it. And if you're in New York, you get the bagel, a square cream cheese in between, and a coffee and dollar and get out of it. That was New York style. I don't know in Badale, I live in New York at that time. So, who would even believe? Who would even believe somebody will come with a store European style and you're gonna say cafe latte, uh, you're gonna have name for the cup, this is small, this is, I don't know the name, tall, this is grande, 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 you know, crush the ice, easy on the milk, ta -ta 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 -ta, so many things, and you have a corner to be sugar, and become like a whole university for Starbucks. But why is allowed to make that much money? The Zohar is telling, Ki en davar zulat Things only revealed to the true owner. And for that reason, that piece of land was only revealed to who? To Abraham. Same thing with King David. What happened with King David? He was in love with a woman who was married which is illegal by the Torah. It's illegal, not just by Torah, it's illegal by everybody. You can't fall in love with a woman who's married, who's belonged to somebody. Because woman is Malchut, woman is a receiving force, and once you interfere with the receiving force, you are disturbing your money, you're disturbing your health, you're disturbing everything. Because that's a manifestation of your being. You can't even do it with your thought, with a married woman, nothing. It's like the no-no, it's the number one no-no that you can never do. So, how King David, was desiring a woman that was belonged to a man by the name of Uriah. That is the name of her husband. And Uriah was supposed to be killed by the king because Uriah was talking bad about King David. The rules of the Jewish king in the old days, if somebody speaks against the king, the king has to take the sword that has the name of God on it, take his head off. Instead of it, he felt guilty and King David sent him to the war. And he was killed with the sword of Ammon. Ammon was a nation that had a snake on the sword. So God came to him and said, ah, it's not that you desire this woman was the problem. Because this woman really belonged to you from another lifetime. You belong to each other. She's your soulmate. But that's that you couldn't kill the man that married to her, that never make love to her, by the way. He was torturing her. He married her, but he never been with her physically. Nothing. And then he went to war. You send him. And then he died. 
So King David on the outside looked bad, but on the inside he really didn't do what he's supposed to be doing, which killing her husband. But he couldn't kill him because he had feeling for the wife and he tried to avoid that feeling. And the prophet came to him in the name of God telling him, this is actually belong to you. Meaning when you find your soulmate, when you find the property, when you find the money that belongs to you, you will find it. But what happened a lot of time to us, why we cannot find what belongs to us, we are busy with what we don't have. We are chasing how to fill up the cup which is missing liquid. We are not looking to what belongs in that cup. So everybody going with the empty cup and say, how can I fill it, how can I fill it, how can I fill it? And that, my friend, causing to bring all kind of garbage into the cup. And you never have what belongs to you. But if you go around and say, I'm looking for the money that belongs to me. I'm looking for the soulmate that belongs to me. I'm looking for the wisdom that belongs to me. I'm looking for the thing which is mine. I'm not looking for something that's not mine. And that's what jealousy becoming one of the, the worst disaster existing in the world. You know, if you have enemy, it's not as bad if you have somebody jealous from you. You know why? Enemies stay away from you. They don't like you. Jealous people are the closest people to you. <laughs> you need to know that. Enemy, people who hate you and never get closer to you. But people who are jealous always want to be next to you. And jealous people, what's the problem with them? Besides, they give you the evil eye and the problem and all this and that. Jealous people are never happy. They're never happy. Why are they never happy? Because they're never busy with their own portion. They're busy with somebody else's portion. Always. They start counting. What car you have? You tell them I have a BMW. Oh, what, what series? Is it three? Is it five? Is it seven? Is it nine? Is it... Keep asking you a thousand questions about your life. Enough already. You know, tell me about what you're looking for. Don't tell me what I have. They're counting your money. They're counting your children. They're counting your hair if you still have hair on your head. You know, they, they keep counting because they're not busy to do one thing. Look for what belongs to you. Go around. Look for what, say to God, I'm here to look for what belongs to me. Bring it in. I'm open. I'm open for the piece of land that belongs to me. I'm open for the money that belongs to me. I'm open for whatever is open to me. But people are walking around miserable. Miserable.com, victim, all day long. I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. But you have something. Do you want things that don't belong to you to come? That would be a problem. How did Ephron end up with this land? Ephron end up with this land and he never liked it because jealous people always end up with things that they hate. <laughs> you always end up with a thing you don't like. Wrong husband, wrong wife. Wrong money, wrong house. Wrong dog, wrong path, wrong neighbor, wrong. You live on the wrong because you never have been looking for the true fulfillment. You're looking for what I don't have and how can I fulfill what I don't have. You start with the I don't have list and fill it up. But it's not real. What's going to come into your life is not real. When you come from a place that I say there is so much out there, as I write in the first three chapters of my book, there is so much out there, so much out there, and now I want from the so much that out there, the portion that belongs to me. I don't want the part that don't belong to me. Because then you're going to end up with children also that don't belong to you. What do you think? Your children, your uncle, your aunt, your friend, everything around you, a lot of time is not even your children. I'm not talking about biologically. I'm talking about the soul. 
the soul of those children that come into your life are not necessarily your children. They just come to visit you because you were looking for what's missing. You were not looking for what's yours. And this is one of the greatest lessons. But look, it's not the end. That piece of land was belonged to Abraham. The one who sell it didn't see the value because it's not belong to him. God makes sure that the true essence of what belongs to you gets you excited. So you go ahead and rent a store, and when you rent that store, you're going to do well. Somebody else will rent the store, it will be a disaster. <laughs> disaster. I've been in Boston, those of you who know Boston, there is an area, it's called Brookline, I don't know if you know the area, and there is, it's a very funny situation, there is two bagel stores there. Two pizza or two bagel store on one street. There's one street, there's a lot of kosher places. And I'm talking about many years ago, 25 years ago. And uh, one of one of the guys, the baker, one of the best bakery, I think it's one of the best bakery. It doesn't mean it is, but I enjoy it. They make it Danish, and I like Danish. And people who know how to make Danish, for me, they're good baker. If they don't know how to make it, they're not good. There's one, one place in the United States who know how to make it, it's there. So there's one place. Across the street opened another place. So he told me, Leo, do you think it's fair? The guy across the street want to open a place as well. You know? He want to open a place as well. And I'm not sure it's go I'm going to have enough business. I said, I said to him this pasuk, I said to him this verse. I said, Things will reveal to his own owner. The right customer is belong to you, they come to you. You don't have to worry, you don't have to panic, you don't have to do anything. But let's see how we get them. What did Avraham did? Mashelo bikesh Avraham mitchalash yimkor lo machar lo, ki Avraham lo amar lo v'yitel nitmarat ha'machpela. Avraham never asked for the machpela. Machpela, those of you who join us to Israel next week, we know that there is a place in Hebron called the machpela. Machpela is where Adam and Eve are buried, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, and Jacob and Leah. It's a very holy place, very powerful place. And three religions believe it's a holy place, you know it's a holy place. Muslim believe it's holy, Christian believe it's holy, Jewish believe it's holy. Once you find a place like that, you know it's a win-win situation. So you know it's holy. You know, there is no argument. There is one argument, who is it belong to? You know, everyone it's my ours. No, it's ours. That's, we're not going to go into politics right now. But once you have the three biggest religions, this is the most holy place, you know something is happening there. And... Abraham never told him, I want to buy the cave. What was that cave? If you hear some story about people that after they die or they have clinically death and they saw some tunnel, the tunnel that they see, the canal, the tunnel that they see is actually the Maharata Bachpelah. They see that place. Every person who dies has to go to that tunnel before they go to the upper world. So that's why in, in there, that's an opening to the upper world. When you're going to be there, if you're sensitive enough in your feet, usually you feel something. Something starts to happen to you, physically, not spiritually. Your, your, your leg moving. Something is happening to the body. Be sensitive. Stop for a second. And there is a lot of things happening in this place. Avram knew it. Ephron, the one who said it, didn't see a thing. But Avram never told him, I want to buy that specific place. He say, what's the price for the land? He didn't say, what's the price for the cave? He didn't want the, the land. Avram want only the cave. But he wouldn't say, which is, I know you're judging Avram now, it's a little sneaky. It's almost like you want, you know that there is, 
one apartment in a building on Wilshire that has a goal that's worth five billion. But the rest of the building you really don't care about. So what are you going to say? Can I get apartment three or three? You're not going to say a thing. What are you going to say? Uh, how much is the old building? Now, do you think it's fair? According to the Zohar, the Zohar look at it like, that's okay. You don't have to mention what you want. You have to mention the totality. So I'm saying, you know, this piece of land, and the piece of land is terrible. You cannot grow nothing there. Nothing. It's all rock and stone. So it was no, no value to nothing. So the guy wanted just to get rid of it. Oh, we have a customer. Finally, somebody did give him that. To say, Amara Sadenatati Lachso, the owner of the land, said, I give you the field. I tell you what, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to give you the land and I'm going to give you the cave on it. How's that? And you pay me 400 gold coin, it's all yours. He thinks this is actually cheating, Avram. You understand? The person who sells, thinking like he gets rid of the land and he gives it to him. Avram, on the other hand, cannot believe that this is actually happening. They give him the cave too. All of it, Ephron could not stand that place. He just was waiting to get rid of it. It's almost like you have a property in your hand that no money been made from it. You're sitting all day long and say, what am I going to do with that? You actually don't know there is a gold there. You don't know. So he's just waiting for somebody who said, here's the money, can I buy the old building on Wilshire? So, okay, okay, if you're really pushing me, here's your building. And you sign the contract and everybody's happy. Abraham, even he didn't want the land, he just came to bury his wife. He said to him, listen, take the land, take everything. Just, just, just take it away from me. What exactly Abraham saw first time he walked in? And why did he go there? Tell us the Zohar in verse 100. When Abraham first walked into the cave, he was chasing one of his calf, the young calf that supposed to be giving to the angel that visited him last week. And when he went to that cave, he saw something that a human being never seen before. He saw the soul of Adam and Eve, the, the first humans. And the smell of the place was smell like the best perfume you can imagine. Then he realized that there is something special. So the Zohar said, from a business point of view, and that's what the Zohar asked, Why didn't he go and buy it right away? Good smell, Adam and Eve there, here is the cash, let's buy it. He didn't need it yet. His wife was alive. He was worried that nobody will look at him that is is too much into it. If they knew how much he really need that place because of the value of that place, the Zohar is teaching you business. Then they're going to raise the price of that place. Or they're not going to let him buy it. When he needed it, that's the time was to buy it. Let's understand now this section together about your life. Let's understand your life. A lot of time you're desperate from buying something or dating someone or getting things done. And when you're desperate 
okay, when you're desperate for something, most probably either the person will not give it to you or they will give it to you in a hype value and you will not actually benefit from it a lot. So what you need to learn, you need to learn when you want something really bad, get out of there. Step out. Relax a little bit. Take a break. Take a break. A lady was calling me from 7 a.m. this morning. And I answer her at when I finish doing my videos for the people at 5.30 or 5.40. And she said, Billy, I just want to talk to you for one and a half minutes. One and a half minutes. I said, how is the question value right now? What, what, what do you feel right now, the question? She said, actually, I was stressed and I was going crazy and all this. And that, but it doesn't feel like a big deal. See, if I answer you at 7 a.m., it will be, we will talk for 45 minutes when you're crying and going crazy. Now, you ask me, I answer, it took 30 seconds. What was the difference? When you're desperate, when you're desperate for a need to be fulfilled, you're going to do a mistake. You have to control yourself. You have to control yourself with your need, with food, with soulmate, with whatever that you're desperate to get. Being right. A lot of us want to be right. There is that, that need to be right. People have an argument, political argument, business argument, a righteous argument, who's right, who's wrong. When you have to be right, get out of that situation. Get out. Even if you're right, get out. If you're not capable, if you're not capable to say I'm wrong when you're wrong, and you're not capable even more to, to step down in the middle of an argument, even if you're right, even if you're right, that eventually will eat you a life without even you know it's happening to you. You gotta be able to maintain control over your body, over your soul, over your temptation. Otherwise, you're no longer in your own control. Something else controlling you. And when that something else, whatever you want to call it, controlling you, you're about to do the worst mistake of your life. So a lot of times, couples have an argument. They start fighting with each other. Boyfriend, girlfriend have fight. Partner have fight. People start fighting. And when they're fighting, they say this, this, I want to say this, and they have an argument. Who's right? Who cares who's right? Who cares? In the end, you lose your soul, they lose their soul, nothing good happens. Avram is trying to teach you something so beautiful, teach us, that we have to get ourselves to truly control the ego a little bit. Control the need, the desperation, for being right, the desperation for people to understand me. A lot of us want to make sure, I want to make sure I'm clear. Why you want to make sure you're clear? Why, why is it so important to you? Yet you're clear. Well, I want to explain myself. And then what? Is the result will be the same in the end? You think no. I'm sure you're thinking the result will be different after you explain yourself. There is people that believe talking make a difference. You really believe, I'm sure, I'm looking at your face, you disagree with me, and I love it. And I want you to disagree with me. Go home and try to solve something with words. And after one year, I want you to be able to see, I want you to be able to see, after one year, if the results are different. I know a father will try to educate his daughter. I know a mother will try to educate her son. And they talking, and they saying, and they talking, and they saying. Everybody want to be right. Some people are hot, they want it to be cold. Some people are cold, they want it to be hot. Everybody want to do something. 
And in the end of all of it, like in the end, like when you come to the end, results are the same. A father has been tough on his son. <laughs> he gave it to him. Now I got him. Nothing happened. Trust me, nothing happened. Another father is being soft by a Ferrari to his son. Nothing going to happen. Nothing. There is a journey, guys. There is a journey. And in the journey, it's a self-control. How you control you. How you control yourself. If you cannot control yourself, don't expect this life to be under your control. Because it's never going to happen. Abraham was maintaining control in business. Maintaining control in spirituality. Last week, maintaining control with his wife. Tell him, kick out that, that child. Maintaining control. He was, he was upset. Maintaining control then. If we're not capable of maintaining that control, you can't have Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. This portion, the entire Zohar talk about the resurrection of the dead. What is the resurrection of the dead? It's people like that song of, uh, what is that, Michael Jackson, when they jump out of the uh, grave, ah, they're coming after you, like a Halloween. What is the resurrection of the dead, my friend? The body considered dead. The soul consider life. We have a living with the dead inside of us. The soul will live forever. The body, unfortunately, is a visitor. That's it. The soul has to be contained within the body, like a cup. And that's, they have to let, get along. They have to get along. Unfortunately, we give more attention to the body. We feed the body. After we feed, we go to the gym. We count calories. Okay, I ate today 1,000, I got to burn 1,001. Oh, beautiful. Now you have the Apple Watch tell you how much calorie you burn. Some people want a second opinion, they get another watch. Oh, you have no idea. The people who have a ring now, and say, oh, calorie, and they check on the computer. Eh, they say, well, I lost 20 pounds, but I look worse than I looked last week. Well, wonderful. And there's no end. There's no end to it because we are slave to the body. Body, the body with the ego want to be right. It's nobody's fault, by the way. It's the body, the body consciousness, the body consciousness to be right, the body consciousness to be better. The, body, the soul consciousness to love is how to connect, how to make peace, how to make a unity between everybody. How do you get to that level of Avram that you recognize business that belong to you? You recognize soulmate that belong. How do you do it? How do you get to that level? I want to be at that level. That you, when you recognize a, a, even an Uber driver, would be a perfect Uber driver for you. Even that, to that details. When you knock on the door, it will be the right door. When you go to the bank, it will be the right person, the right manager who will talk to you. Everything will work right. So that's taking us to the beginning of the parasha. And the beginning of the parasha, it say like that, verse 21. To get to that level, say the Zohar in verse 21, A person has to learn how to make himself nothing. Now, when you go to all motivational class, you know, those of you who walk on fire or jump from airplane, or I don't know what else you did. Uh, you, I'm sure you did the arrow exercise with the wall. Uh, you did that, you know what I'm talking about? You have to break it. You never did it, okay. Talking to myself, no problem. We do all the motivational exercise. And it's all about me. How the me can be famous, right? I mean, you walk into the office, right? You see your reflection in the glass. You want to see a nice body as you walk, man or woman. 
you develop some walk and identity, you want everybody to know you make some money, you want people to know you. I mean, you have now Facebook, Instagram to make yourself more famous. Here, the Zohar says, Ashrei Good for the person who makes himself nothing in this world. This is the greatest person you can meet. That if you meet a nobody, would you want to be, I would like to introduce you to nobody. <laughs> this is Mr. Nobody, and this is the shaker and maker of Los Angeles. Who would you want to meet? All of you. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Zohar. But, uh, this was written 2,000 years ago. Things change a little bit. I'm going to go with the shaker and maker, right? I have a nobody for you. But the Zohar said, a nobody, Ugadol ve'elion ba'olam anitzchi. It's not in this world, it's in the, in the endless world. This is the real deal. And God is always rewarding the people who make themselves smaller. The question is, how do you make yourself smaller? What do you become shorter? How do you make yourself smaller? What is that you need to do to make yourself with no ego. How does it look like to be with no ego? And when you know that you don't have ego, is this not the ego? Right? Like I would say, yeah, I remember when I used to be, uh, I used to have ego, but now, thank God, I'm perfect. Is that, is that not ego? To say that now I'm perfect, I have no ego, that's, that's ego by itself. What does that even mean, not having an ego? Simple, guys. Asking for help. You want to know if you don't have ego? Asking for help. I repeat, what is no ego? Asking for help. And again, asking for help. Now, when you're asking for help, do you believe you need the help? Or what is the kind of thing you ask for help? Once you know the thing that you need the help with, and you know already what type of help you need, and how it needs to look like, then you have ego. You're not totally surrender. You know, totally surrender. When do you see people surrender all the way? Emergency room. You ever went visit an emergency room? When the people said, yeah, listen, you have two hours to leave. Two hours, you have two hours. Oh. How many of you ever end up in an emergency room in this room? Anybody ever end up? Wow. 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 So you know, you know what I'm talking about. The lights, the doctor, the confusion. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who's a good doctor. You don't care who's a good doctor. You, you want just to be alive. I have one desire. Stay alive. That's it. One thing. What do you ask for, sir? Would you like vanilla ice cream? And how do you like your coffee? Decaf? No. Alive. What? That's when you have no ego. That's when you have no ego. That's when you have no ego. When you are absolutely asking for help, and you not design the people who help you, and you not design the type of help you're gonna get. And people like this are never tired. People like this are never stopped, they have always energy, always energy. When you're getting already, you know, you run out of energy, you see those people that keep going all the time, all the time, and people related to New York, or to Tel Aviv, Israel, or I don't know, to Amsterdam. I'm trying to think about all the city in the world that always, Dubai, you know? It's not necessarily the place of people living. You know, there is people who confront life with no ego. No ego, there is always more. There is always more. I'm always thirsty. But it's not the thirst of 
selfish desire. It's a thirst because I know that I don't know. When you get to a place that I know that I don't know, at least to that place, you humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you start growing and you look at people in a different way. You respect people. You look at people like, wow, this Uber driver can teach me a lesson. This cleaning lady who washes the dishes can teach me something about life. Well, that person who walks in the street with no money has some wisdom. Unfortunately, we are most of the time in a place that we know everything. And that's why we cannot reach that place of Avraham that everything is revealed to him. The explanation to how to deal or how to get to that level has to go to three stages. And you have to memorize those three stages. The first stage of changing or transform our personality is ignore. Remember, you have to know what level you are. Ignore, cleansing, and discovery. You have to remember those three levels. Ignore, cleansing, and discovery. The ignore level is when you're dealing with life and you basically ignore the problem. There is no problem. You know, you, you just put your head into the sand, nothing is there. You know, if I'm teaching, let's say, a group of 200 Israeli right now, I cannot teach Israeli any lesson, right? I mean, why am I in America? Would I have a chance ever to go and teach in Israel? Never. My friend, I had to write a lecture for my friend for 2012. He went to Tel Aviv. He said, Liao, you're a writer of lecture. I need you to write a lecture for me. So I wrote the lecture, you know, that's my, my business. That's what I do, you know. So people ask me to write a lecture for them, a speech for two hours, and I arrange it for them and everything. This I said, that will do good in Israel. Be tough here. Tell a joke here. Tell five story here. That's a good public speaking. Good luck. <laughs> so I called him. He's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy. I said, man. How was it? A lot of people said, man, a lot of people. So, so I was because it, it was two lectures. It was supposed to give two times, Sunday and another Sunday. So they came back. So yeah, they came back to ask for the money. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, what happened? What did you do? And so they came back and they said, listen, uh, we didn't learn a thing here. So I said, okay. I told him to say in Israel, when he teaches in Israel, he said, you have to say money back guarantee. And he said, okay, here's money back guarantee for, for your lecture, not a problem. And, and one of the guys, it's, it's, it will not happen in LA, but have, in Tel Aviv they can tell you that. And one of the guys came to him and said, excuse me, I don't want my money, I want my time back. Can you give me my time back? And he said, what do I say? And I started laughing on the phone. I said, I don't know. What do you say? I don't know what to ask somebody. How can you give him his time back? Money, you know, you have the money back. Then thank you, a handshake. And you didn't like my lecture. I'm okay. Ignore level is the first level of your growing spiritually. When you're growing spiritually, the beginning of spirituality is to ignore your problem. You see everybody else's problem, but you don't see what's wrong with you. You can't. Ravash, like in 1922, called the first step Shoresh Akarat Ara, the, the, the roots of recognition of what's wrong with me. But before you get to see what's wrong with you, you are ignoring. You look at the mirror, you see that you're a little bit overweight, oh, I'm look great. That's called the ignore. So then the, the, the time that the person cannot see what's wrong, it's still a step, by the way, because he's looking, but he can't find what's wrong. 
He only finds what's wrong with the wife, the husband, the children, the neighbor, the news, the weather. He's an ignorant, but at least he's looking for something. It's not considered nothing, because there is one level below that, which is not even looking for anything. So it's not even ignored. Second level is called the cleanse. And those people are already on the level that I have to clean myself. I have to find how to clean my negativity, how to clean my ego, how to overcome my nonsense, how to overcome my, my jealousy, my anger. I want to clean that. I want to be able to clean myself. That, that level is a very powerful level, but it's still not the ultimate level of a spiritual, on a spiritual journey. The third level is called discovery. The discovery is when you discover that everything in your life is good. You are looking at every single opportunity, include your mistake, include the choices you make. Everything is just a perfect thing that needed to happen. The wrong people that you met, the people that took your money, the people that basically wasted your time, all the people that you have no idea what they want from your life, they're sucking your blood all day long, they're also good. Because they come there that you will not be shy enough to tell them stop. Because some of us cannot say stop to somebody. And sometimes we have to say, hey. So it's good that it happened to you because it gets you out of your shyness. I'm just giving one example. But the discovery, you can call it any name. I'm just giving it a name. Is a level when you discover that all what you have in life is good. Include if you have got forbid unhealthy life or physical situation in your body, there is a blessing within it. A spiritual person can find even a blessing within that. But to get to that place, say Rabbi Nachman Breslov, like I say on Friday, Rabbi Nachman Breslov was a Kabbalist in, after the Baal Shem Tov. He said to get to that level, a person needs to have two letters in his name. Chet Venun. Chet is, is, is Chokhmah, wisdom. Nun is Nefila, falling. When you combine both of them together, you get Chen. Chen means beauty. Chen also means Chokhmat Anistar, the wisdom, the mystical wisdom. When you are able to have wisdom to discover that everything is a blessing, it's only going to happen when you are Nofel. What is being Nofel when you're falling? You have to be in a place that you're actually okay to be nobody. When you're okay to be nobody, like King David, King David, for example, when King David used to see the Torah coming out, he used to act not as a king. He used to flip-flop in the air and rolling in the dirt. And his wife, at that time, Michal, was ashamed that her husband is making himself look like a clown. And she said, I can't believe I'm married to a man who lowered himself that low. The angel came by, the angel named Laila, those of you who know the name, angel of babies, and said, this woman will never be permitted to have birth, give birth to her children. And that's how it was. Because she doesn't even look at somebody who lowered himself so low in front of God, in front of the Creator, as a, as a, as a discovery. King David wants to show that even in the lowest place, he's happy. That's what King David, every time you are going like to a depression or to sadness, or you can't find good in your life, always talk to King David. It's always the door is open. The door of King David always open for any soul. He said, King David, I'm falling apart. King David, I'm losing it. The reason you call him the, the king that everybody remember, King David is a king that always will be remembered. Why? 
Why King David? Because he always, always lowered himself, never considered himself as a as somebody, but he was the king of that. He was the king of what? King of being humble. So the last level, which is called discovery, the last level is called discovery, is a level for you to get into a place that when you are able to see good in everything, then you find a piece of land, then you find a soulmate, then you find Why? Because you're always in discovery of the good. When you are in discovery of the good, the good find you and you find the good. When you are in discovery, when you are in the ignoring what's wrong with you and find what's wrong with everybody else, you can never meet your true potential. You're always going to meet what is, what is wrong. And when you look at, at life of many Kabbalists, you know, somebody asked me the other day, why in all the story about the Kabbalists in the last 500 years, you hear about Kabbalists with a broken door, no money, hardly have clothes to wear. It's not exciting. You know, I'm here, I want to learn about how to get more stuff of the thing I want. So I'm going to share with you a story of a Kabbalist by the name of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Ilai. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Ilai. When Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 students, they all died. One of them who survived is Rabbi Yehuda Bar Ilai. He's buried in Safat. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Ilai, you know, was one of the most famous Kabbalists ever lived. Very humble. Nobody even knew his exist. Those are the people you always have to know how to get in, to know them. Okay? Because some, some Kabbalists cover themselves with gold. They look important, but actually you never know who they are. And some Kabbalists cover themselves with feather, meaning they're very poor and you never get close to them. There is two types. There is Kabbalists who cover themselves gold. It doesn't mean like just gold like money. Look about they look tough or scary or rich and you say ah there's no spirituality there or companies who are covering themselves with feather he was from the second kind so one time some of the students see him that he wear a coat that his wife wear to the marketplace they recognize the coat same coat they say it cannot be in our town in the northern part of israel called the, this the galilee it's called the galilee Galilee from the word of Gilui, Gilui means revelation. This, the place of revelation. Cannot be a, a rabbi, a Kabbalist, who doesn't have money. It's embarrassing to our city. We have all to collect money together, make sure he has a coat, he has food, he has everything. So they did it, and they come with a bag of a lot of money, and they knock on his door, and he opened the door to them, and, and it's winter. And said, Rabbi, we, we, we know what's going on. There's no more reason. There is no reason to hide the information. We know about this situation. You know you play like everything is okay, but we know. We already find out there's an issue. You don't have a coat. It's really cold. You don't have that much food. Your door is always closed because you're embarrassed because you don't even have candle as a light in your house. So we, knew, we know what you're going through. So this is a bag of money for you, your wife, your children. So you could have enough food and enough of everything and go ahead and have a good life. And he looked at that five student and he said to them, I'm not going to receive it from you, but come with me for a second. And they lift the floor be below his house. There is like a wood floor and he lifted with his stuff. And as he lifted, they say, he showed them billions of gold coin that he has under his house. 
Say, you are the not the only one who tried to convince me to be rich. There is angel that come every morning to put more gold here and he tell me, please use it. It's my choice. My choice to say no to that gold. I'm choosing to say no. I don't really need you to go give me money. There's, I have enough. But I'm choosing to live that type of life. So I will be always in discovery in the good within the bad. You can only be in discovery level when you are in a bad situation. You cannot be in discovery level when everything is perfect. When, when the waiters is wrong, when the Uber is wrong, when everything is just go wrong in your life and you find the good within it, that's called a discovery. Everybody is a big shot to have a discovery when things are going great. When nothing works, nothing works. And the Talmud, Talmud asks, what is it considered nothing work? And the Talmud discover, describe it like this. When you reach to your pocket for a dime and you find a cent, that's considered suffering. That's why it's sort of considered suffering. So you can be, if you find good about it, that's considered the level of discovery. So in everything that's not working the way you want it to work, with, and you find the good in it, that increasing your level of spirituality to the level of discovery. If you cannot find the discovery of the highest level, you cannot get to that level of Avraham. And for that reason, life always looks like something is missing. That's taking us to another example. Eliezer make a deal to find a wife for his master son. When he go there, he saw a lady, Rebecca, who is only sharing and giving. He does the same thing that his master Avram does. He talk polite. He doesn't go right to the point. He's first telling them the story. Why he has to tell them the story? What happened? And he tells them, my master sent me here. And I ask for a sign from God. And I say, God, if I see a lady who's going to give water to me and to my camels, I know that's the wife who's supposed to go with my son. And he's going go ahead and again and again and again with all the details. Why he has to share all the details? To show that group of people that happen to be group of people who are master in witchcraft. So they can make him disappear. But when they saw that the sign come from God, the sign come from above, they knew they cannot ignore those facts. Eliezer was just a servant. Follow his master behavior. And what is need for us as a lesson? How do you live your life? How do you live your life? What is controlling you? Is it only ego or there is something else? Is it only your wisdom that you think you're right or there is something else? When the last time you surrender without you being sick or in an emergency room? When the last time that you said, I don't know? When the last time that you were capable to say, I really don't know? When the last time you realized, maybe I don't know? When the last time that happened for real? For real? When I say for real, that I can come to you and confront you about things that you're so sure, and I will tell you, you're so stupid, you don't know a thing. And you say, thank you, Eliyahu. Are you in that place? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if you will be in that place, everything will be surrender itself in front of you. Business, life, health, solution for everything. But if a person gets insulted from every little thing that they disagree with, you're not ready. You're not ready to see a thing. 
You're not ready yet to see the conclusion of where things are going for you. Because you're busy. Who's recognized my wisdom? Who recognized my achievement? Who recognized who I am? And when you speak, I want to tell you my story. I don't want to hear your story. I want to tell you your real story that you don't even know about it. Do you want to know about your true story? Or you want to tell me your fake story? The fake story that you build up in the moment of ignoring the first level, I'm ignoring. I'm living in denial because I really don't have the power to know. So it's better to live in denial. Denial! The new solution. Solution for humanity. We live in denial and life is great. And if you cannot live in denial, take a pill. The doctor will give you a pill, you go to see a psychiatrist, give you a pill, you will be totally in denial of what's going on. You will be like, oh my God, amazing. Unbelievable. What's going on? Nothing, but it looks unbelievable. It's like I was invited to put the mezuzah. I didn't know where I'm going. I was in New York. I can't even tell you when. Uh, where? It's a club. It's a very famous club in New York City. And it's around Midtown, but like in 11th Avenue. Yeah, somebody bought a huge property. They make a club. You know, my old days, dancing with people was disco music. No, the music is with the bass. That you feel, when you put the music, you feel like your kidney is going out and coming back. <laughs> Something is happening there. What happened? So, I remember I went there. The, the, the guy wanted to bless the place. Nobody was there yet. So we're going in. And I blessed the, the, the mezuzah, the sage. He said, Liao, I heard it's your wife's birthday. You're going to come to my club. And I will give you a private room. VIP. I said, uh, can we talk about the sound here? I mean, the sound is a little bit, uh, the volume. Don't you think you've got to lower the, what's happening? What's going on? So no, Leo, you, you, you're getting old. So I'm not getting old. I said, can't, can't hear anything. So no, I get you to a room. It, was, it looked like a, a fish tank. That's how it looked like. It's from glass and you close it and you put me some fruit and everything. And Debbie and me, you know, we practice spirituality, but we cool. We want to be part of humanity. I want to be also in. So I'm looking, and I, they made me like looking from the glass. We, we, we look weird, you know. We look in the glass. We with my yarmulke, looking. And I said, Debbie, they got something right. She said, what they got right? I said, they're happy. Look at them. They're happy. I didn't see one human being who's not happy. And it's not because they just happy. They are not stop dancing and they're happy. I said, we cannot even do it in Simchat Torah. We cannot do it in Sukkot. We cannot do it in Shabbat. In Shabbat. This was, God said, It's a mitzvah to be happy. You have to be happy. You gotta be happy. They have it. We don't. We're missing something. Gotta look. So, Debbie said, let's, let's go in now. I'm nervous. So what do you mean, to go into the crowd? She said, yes. So the owner comes, everything okay? I say, if I go outside of this room, is the room still mine? She said, oh, don't worry about it. Eliyahu, don't worry. I say, yes, go. So I'm going, slowly, slowly. And the room where they dance, it's a weird room. You don't see people. It's dark. It's so dark, from time to time, there is technology of light that you see heads, heads, 
And at that time, my, and the music is very loud, so you can hear. And Debbie screamed at my ear, don't leave my head! I'm not leaving! We're like two idiots holding and panicking. I said, okay, okay. We do like them, whatever they do, we do. And then after five minutes, I'm running out of breath. It's a lot. I can't do what they do. And I'm going back to my classroom. And my friend come to check on me and said, man, how are we doing? How are you doing? Ah, huh? huh? you put the mezuzah, you bless the place, you see energy. See, I said, what's, what's the secret? I gave him the book, Zohar. I said, I'm, I'm trying to understand how Teach me, teach me. How do you, I want to be happy like that. And I'm not always, I'll be honest with you, I'm a human being. I have my happy moment, I have my dark moment. Those people are like unbelievable. They jumping and they're happy and they're hardly eating anything. It's, it's not normal, nobody's eating and they're happy. Not me, for me it's food, you know, you get me food, I'm happy. You get me, that's it, <laughs> nothing. And then this guy, all of a sudden, take a Ziploc or a little bag and he open. And he showed me a blue pill. I don't know what it was. He said, Eliyahu, this is a secret. So what's the secret? So people take that. The dark room doesn't look dark. The light that you see, like police, that you get scared because it looks like police and smoke coming from the wall, it's not smoke. Everything looks different. It's different. Your life will change. So I'm sitting with him. And he always reminded me that I told him. I said to him, so you want me to come to a dark place with smoke in my eyes, a lot of light, very scared, and then I take a pills to remove that fear so I can feel better. <laughs> okay, I got it. I'm trying to be in. I didn't take it. I didn't take the pills. Maybe I should, but I didn't. <laughs> Why am I sharing with you that story? Why is it so important to share with you that story? A lot of time, we are not living our life like we should. After they get out of the club, and I meet a lot of people after club, it's called the day after or the, the something like that, there's a name for it. What do you call it? After party. After party time. They're different. They're angry. They piss. They have no patience for you. They don't want to talk to you. They look at the mirror a lot and say, oh my God, I look so bad looks so bad and they have those cream to make the bags disappear and all kind of weird stuff and and all what they can think about happy moment is how to go back to the club this is it it's like from club time to club time and in between is a disaster and i'm saying i, I never uh, judge people i'm just thinking because you know me and another uh, two rabbis in florida you know, we believe to reach out to the people wherever they are. I don't care wherever they are. I will go there. But I was thinking, like, if this is life, if this is the, the only way, then maybe God wanted this way. But, but and I, again, I'm not judging, and I'm sorry if I'm judgmental. But it's going to be a way that you build yourself from inside, not from outside. It's going to be that not the picture around you make you happy. It's going to be that... You, your happiness is internal, not external. It's got to be. It's got to be a way that you can be happy inside. And if 